What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Bird here. In this episode, we're going to talk about a problem that seems to affect a lot of people, and that is this idea of self-judgment, where we could beat ourselves down very hard if we make a mistake and not really celebrate ourselves when we achieve something good. We'll talk about how to alleviate that so we're better at not judging ourselves so harshly and being able to celebrate our achievements. If you want to learn how to do that, this episode is for you. Our guest who joins us today, she is a recovering attorney turned serial entrepreneur, speaker, life, and business coach. She is a mindset expert who is best known for instant transformational work, helping executives and athletes to reach their next level in business and life. Our guest who joins us in this episode of Breakthrough Success is none other than Kirsten Franklin. Kirsten, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mark, for having me. I am so excited to be here. Kirsten, thank you so much for coming on the show. And when it comes to self-judgment, so many people can be so hard on themselves, especially when they make a mistake where for those initial few days, weeks, months, depending on the size of it and mindset, the self-judgment can really anchor on us. How can we get better at just acknowledging that we made a mistake, but not letting it drag on in our minds? Yeah. So, I mean, really the first thing is to do is to understand it, right? Understand where it's kind of coming from and why it's kind of this habit in your system. So understanding that when we have this negative self-judgment, you know, there's a lot of things that can uh, come with that, right? Shame, blame, all this other stuff. Um, And understand that, you know, really kind of look at it and understand where it originated from. So when you were little, it could be as little as mommy saying, don't touch the stove, it's hot. Well, that sounds normal, right? But when you're at that age, the way that your brain works is, oh, like I'm doing something wrong. And you're really little. You might be two years old. You might be 18 months walking around, right? You don't understand. Now, you know, now that we have all this great parenting stuff, we know to say, hey, don't touch the stove. That's hot. And when your baby doesn't touch the stove, you go, oh, good for you, right? Because that helps them in their, their process to understand, oh, they did something good, right? They listened. They did something good. So- you know, it's something that occurred when you were little. So you've literally had this habit and process since you were young. Now, for some of us who, you know, really it, it's a spiral downward if you don't stop it. So that's when you're talking like months or days or, you know, even years of going back to the same place and using it almost like as self-abuse. Okay. Sometimes we can get to the level where, you know, you're starting to up level, feel good, but then you have to remember the thing and remember you're not that cool. Remember that time you did this thing and just blew up the whole universe. And that's kind of also a way of self-abuse resetting your vibration to that sort of thermometer setting that you've created for such a time. So just understand that one, it came from somewhere. It was an action reaction that did something good for you, right? It it was somehow positive. And depending on your system, it's almost like a superhero reaction. It saved you in the moment that it was created, right? And so it's okay. That decision-making process that your brain underwent protected you and, and was gave you the right outcome in that moment. And so just understanding that, it makes it a little bit easier to feel like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, it still doesn't feel good, but all right, I get it. The next thing I would say is just awareness. Like be aware of what is going on, what you're doing, what you're saying to yourself, right? Just being aware that all of a sudden you don't feel so good, right? Because remember, it's very obvious when you quote, make a mistake and then you go into self-judgment. 
The less obvious stuff is, you know, you ever just have those days where by the end of the day, you don't feel so good. You don't even know why. You kind of say, oh, well, I've been up too long. Maybe I drank too much coffee. Maybe, 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 maybe. Yes, possibly that compounded it, but you're not having that without having thoughts. And that's where the subconscious part of that comes in. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, just this idea where we have all these different negative thoughts emerging. And if we're not clear on those thoughts, we don't have the awareness we're just going to tack on, oh, I should just like get to bed earlier, wake up and that'll fix it. But if you have these root issues in your mind and you're not addressing them, you're going to continue going on the path of harsh self-judgment, which is something we definitely want to avoid. Now, when it comes to figuring out those root causes, how do we take that deep dive? Because there's a lot of stuff that happens where maybe we forget it or we remember it well, but we just don't want to explore and reinterpret those thoughts. Okay, so that's a big one to unpack. So so one, let's just start with the steps. One, understand that it served you at one point. Two, become aware that it's even going on right now, right? And then ultimately, you're going to have to make the decision. And when I say make the decision, say, okay, oh, dude, I have that habit. Do I want to keep it or do I want to lose it, right? Oh, dude, I have this reaction. Do I want to keep it or do I want to lose it? Does it serve my, what I call the happy end result, whatever your goal is, or however you want to be, live, exist, right? Um, and if the answer is no, then that's what you're talking about. If the answer is like, no, dude, I got to get rid of that. All right, you know, why do you have to get rid of it? And then how do you get rid of it? Now there's multiple different ways you can get rid of something. I don't care if it's a hypnosis, NLP, blah, blah, blah. But one of the techniques that I like to use with all my clients because it builds awareness is something I call no negative week, right? And it's just, it's literally, it's as simple as this. You can either start your phone timer the second you wake up, okay? Or you can just write the time down. The very first moment you have a a negative thought, feeling, emotion, or action, stop the timer or write the time down and write down what it was. In that moment, you cannot go at the end of the day and be like, oh, I remember at seven o'clock, I woke up and I felt like shit and da 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 right? You can't do that. It doesn't happen. It doesn't work, right? Because you're never going to actually remember the language and that's what's important. And then you just start it again. So start the timer, keep going. And you'll notice that if you were to rate your overall feeling about life in general on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like, I'm a freaking rock star. One being like, dude, I shouldn't be on this earth. You know, if you're around a five, six or lower, you're going to notice that you probably have negative thoughts, feelings, emotions within five to 20 minutes of each other. Sometimes within less than each other. The lower down on that scale, the more frequent that happens, right? And if you do this, what I call no negative week for at least five days, even three days, just writing it down and seeing that pattern and what sort of you're saying to yourself over those three days and at what times of day and what's going on is just really, really bringing awareness to you, right? And then again, there's so many things we could do. The very first simplest thing you could do is just an automatic reframe right? And that is to take the language that you're saying and what's the positive statement. And I mean, literally write it down. So I hate work. Okay. Well, maybe you can't say I love work, but you could say, I love work pays me. I love the money work gives me something, right? You don't have to go overboard in the ridiculous side of things. I mean, remember I said recovering attorney here. I know how it feels to not want to get out of bed. Um, and, you know, I couldn't say like, dude, I love the law. No, at that moment, I could. Now I could, not then. Um, so you have to really reframe it within the way that's going to work for you. And quite literally, the way I work reframes, it might not be how everybody else does it. When you have that negative thought, 
I mean, and it works for me and it works for all my clients, but you just immediately start saying, oh my God, I love the money work brings me. I love the money work brings me. I love the money work for me, right? And just keep saying it again and again and again. It might feel stupid. It might feel ridiculous. Trust me when you do that, all of a sudden, the third time you're doing it, you don't feel so negative. All of a sudden you do it more. All of a sudden you buy into that notion. And I did this with my daughter. You know, all I ever wanted to do was walk her to school. Then all of a sudden it became like a pain in the butt to walk her to school. I'm like, I could be at a meeting now. I could be producing something, right? And, you know, you get a little frustrated and you get a little resentful. Like, oh, somebody else should be walking you to school. What? You're like five years old, you know? Like, no. And I had to do that reframe. Oh my God, I get to walk. I, all I did was I get to. I didn't say I love walking my kid to school. I was just really happy that I was on this earth. I had a child and I got to walk her to school. That was a basic element that I had to start with. And thank God I did because now she's 13 and that's like our best time in the morning. It's the only time I hear from my teenager about what's going on. And that's the only time she's willing to talk to me. So it's, it's great. Right. But I would do the basic reframe. And of course there's other things you can do. NLP, hypnosis, tons and t- timeline. I mean, we can figure out exactly where things started, but that basic reframe will work. I love that story. I, I like hearing about parenting stories from the perspective of going to be one, like many years in the future, uh, that, that stuff is like, I love it. Uh, that's one of the things I love about the show. I get a lot of this stuff, like, you know, like kind of like the cheat notes going into it, like long before I have to, but you get to like that. That's such a great phrase because you don't want to like speak words that don't reflect reality. Kirsten really points this out where it's like, I don't love the work. Like if that's you, like I love breakthrough success, obviously, but it's like, if you're someone who like, you're saying I hate work. I hate like all these hours and stuff. Don't be like, I love work. I'm energized. Like every day, like don't do that, but find some way to see some of the good in it or say something like I get to, as we pointed out here. But if you think of a different way to frame these things, it's going to help. And I love the concept of the no negative week because it forces you to write down those thoughts and actually confront them face on rather than just being one of the thousands of thoughts that floats in our minds in a given day. Yeah. And you know, what's really funny is, you know, what I would suggest everybody do is just rate yourself on scale one to 10 before you even start this practice. And then on day three, do it again. And, and guys, again, here's a self-judgment. Don't beat yourself up. You didn't do it the whole time. You know what? You get a 50% of the time, 25% of the time. That's better than no percent. Right. And this is what I say in business and life. It's just like, okay, so you hit that milestone one, what was the mindset that prevented you from going further? And then two, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to go from 25% to 27%? What's the one tweak that you need to make to just improve it, right? And yeah, I love that because it's not, you're not trying to make this immediate shift right away. It's something that builds up over time. You can notice a little bit of it on day one, maybe you feel slightly different, but if you continue to change it up a little bit each day, that is going to help you on that path where some of the thoughts that previously bothered you or some of this feeling of self-judgment, they don't bother you as much. On the other side of this coin, though, we are so quick to judge ourselves when we make a mistake, but we don't celebrate ourselves too often. How can we get better at celebrating the milestones and the big achievements of our lives? Okay, so this is an awesome one. So for all of you high achievers out there, I promise you, you don't celebrate SHIT. I know, I don't, I know. The, the practice that I do that helps me 
is that I literally write down every win when it happens in my journal. Uh, and I have a daily journal, right? I use Brendan Burchard's journal. So I have a daily journal. And at the bottom of that page, I literally write down every win. If I scored that conversation with the VC guy, if I, you know, got funding for a company, if I even just made it through something, I thought maybe, hey, this could be tough, right? I will literally write that down because I will not even remember it by the end of the day. And then at the end of the day, I look at that and I'm like, wow, I actually got kind of everything I wanted out of that day. And you'll notice that, right? Because, you know, ever, I'm sure everybody here has like done the, oh yeah, we're going to, at the end of the week, we're going to list our three best things. Dude, at the end of my week, I'm like, what three best things? What's coming up next week? What's going to happen? What's, what's next? Right? All of you high achievers do that. I do that. We all do that. So by writing it down, you can't cheat yourself. Right. And then for me, I gamify things. So if I get to certain milestones, I'm like, I'm buying that. I'm going to get that. I'm going to do this, you know, and, and again, it doesn't have to be a material thing. Um, but whatever it is, you know, whatever it is, if you're going to go read that book you wanted to read, right. Like, you know, gamify it if you want, like if that works for you. And, and here's the, here's the other thing, right. Understand what works for you, right. I'm a competitive person. I like games. So if I gamify things for myself and I'm just below the mark of getting that, you know, purse or that thing or those shoes or whatever it is that I want, I'll push myself to go get it. And it's not about outward competition. It's just like, dude, you have the 10 minutes. You can make that happen. Go do that. Don't be, you know, and I, I use this, this language, like, come on, don't, don't be a schlump. You got this. Because you know, one thing Ed Milet said that really, really made an impression upon me was he said, and you know, he, he's Christian. So he's doing this from his Christian perspective. He says, okay, so you're dead. You go up to heaven. God says, Hey man, how was it on earth? How was your, how was your ride? And he's like, Oh, it was so good. You know, and, and if anybody knows Ed Milet, he's worth basically half a billion dollars. And, and so life is good. He's chilling. He's talking about this with God. And then God whips out, you know, the iPhone and plays the YouTube video of his life. And says, Oh, Ed, really? This is how it could have been. And about how much better he could have had or done or created or helped others, right? How much more he could have done. And so that was just one of those things that I was like, oh, man. That just, you know, that rips you out of Netflix and that rips you out of like all the TikTok, you know, that you're scrolling through. So, mm. I mean, it's, 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 it's interesting, but, you know, again, writing down those wins, coming back every day to realize you've actually accomplished a lot more than you thought at the end of the week. Um, again, I like to gamify so that at the end of the month, I'm like, Ooh, I'm getting stuff. And just this whole idea of celebrating those wins, like you don't want to be in a scenario where you underestimate yourself or you don't give yourself enough credit or you're wondering if you feel like you did enough in your lifetime. Like you want to celebrate those wins and write them down in the moment because you will definitely forget them, especially the ones that feel so small, like the big memorable wins we remember for sure. But it's those smaller things that happen in the day that make us feel good then, but then we quickly forget about them because they don't sit in our mind for too long. You want to write those down in the same way as Kirsten recommends the no negative week where you write down all the negative thoughts that pop in your head and actually try and do something about them rather than continue on with your day. Kirsten, I'm really thinking that people who want to learn how to avoid the self-judgment, celebrate their successes, they should definitely follow you in your work. So with that in mind, where do you suggest we go to keep following everything you're doing? Yeah, I have a free Facebook group called Thrive Tribe Global. You can go there or you can find me on my website, which is just kirstenfranklin.com. 
Excellent. We will have those links in the show notes. Kirsten, thank you so much for joining us on Breakthrough Success. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you so much. Awesome to be here.